All right. Good morning. Welcome to 3 Affairs podcast. I am here with Joshua Stir and Caleb John Cushing. And today we have a very special guest joining us. A good, good friend of ours went to school with us. Marlon <laughs> Kahihe. Welcome, man. How you doing? What's up, guys? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah. No, dude, we are stoked. You are our very, very first guest. I know. I got the honors. I'm honestly probably going to be a recurring role, so I'll be here next week, too. Just wow. That, that, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That is what we're hoping. Is- that is what we're hoping. We're definitely, <laughs> definitely going to have to do uh, the newest Fast and the Furious when it comes out. Dude. 100%. <laughs> I know Caleb's not looking forward to that. Dude, don't even that, get him started. Yeah, dude. That's just a different conversation. I, I can go into depth with everything right now, but we'll we'll have to wait for that. Oh, we, we will be going into depth. I have a lot of <laughs> questions specifically about uh, Han. Uh, for the record, today we'll be talking about Tokyo Drift, one of the, if not the best in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Ooh, um, I'll uh, give my opinion wow, on that really later. going in right away in the beginning. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe we'd give Marlon a chance to introduce himself. Right, tell see what he's what doing. He does, you like, know, how do we you know just him? Talk about, Dude, okay. I will do all that, but Fast and Furious is the most important thing in the world right now that everything else can wait, okay? <laughs> That's true. I, I'm so sorry. You're right. <laughs> but no, uh, seriously, what uh, what's going on, Marlon? What's new? What's happening? Nothing, man. Uh, I'm glad to be here with you guys. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, I just want to say that I'm proud of you guys for doing this. Like, this is really creative, and you know, it's amazing that you guys got it up. Um, so, oh, thanks, man. Thanks, thank bro. You, like, congratulations for taking the first step and doing what you have to do. Um, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, grinding, hustling, auditioning, and stuff. I've been uh, editing a lot too, like video editing, which is fun. Uh, oh, no. And I also been writing. Caleb knows I've been writing, so. <laughs> trying to explore that territory as well but uh you know just staying creative in the process and uh trying to get rid of this covid 50 you know 50 bro you got covid <laughs> 50. i got like yeah, covid man. 50 Dude, you bro. looked great the other night so i don't know what, what you're uh, talking no, about but no, no, or where no. you hide it <laughs> under my spanks <laughs> oh lord under his dance belt, which he wears always. <laughs> these are the, the these are actor secrets, man. Actor secrets, right? Uh, so no, so Marlon uh, went to school with us um, as an actor, along with Brandon, uh, and yeah, good buddy of ours. He, uh, I actually had the pleasure of directing him in a play at school in Roger and Vanessa. So that's really nice to to have to work with him like that. But looks, it's good to see Marlon looking good. Thank you. And we were also you know, roommates a year out. <laughs> And we were also roommates for a year, so I have yeah, a special. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> that was miserable. <laughs> Only in the context of school are we friends. Right. <laughs> now, dude, Marlon, how's the? We were actually just talking about video editing and stuff uh, on the last episode. What are you? What are you using for your video editing? I've uh, been using Final Cut a lot. I actually started because um, my uh, my boss had like a conference stuff, and he wanted me to like edit uh, these videos for him. And he was like, oh, can you edit this for me? And I, I was like, yeah, of course. You know, I didn't know how to edit anything. I just said I could. And he's like, well, you could either use Adobe Premiere or Final Cut. He's like, I like using Final Cut because it's easier, but whatever you have more experience with. And I was like, oh, I can use Adobe because he didn't have Adobe on the computer. So I was like, oh, you know, this gives me like leeway to not do it. I was like, oh, I'll use Adobe. He's like, uh, you know what? Just use Final Cut. I was like, okay. So I learned how to do Final Cut. <laughs> And uh, he's like, I'm going to pretend to give you an right. option. Yeah. He's but, like, you know, but you're, just, but you're using right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but no. And I've been doing it for like his conferences and stuff. And now I've just been playing with it. And there's so much things you can do with it. It's amazing. 
you know it's really yeah, fun. yeah it's very the uh the user interface like yeah. it's very intuitive it's really good so it's, i like it a lot it's it's interesting where with all that stuff and i think i said this last time where it's very much the hardest part is finding all the buttons like it's finding what you need once you once you find it you you know what you're doing you know what you're trying to do it's like but oh it's the yeah. new edition where did you move the split button to let me right. take 20 yeah. minutes finding it <laughs> <laughs> you know and then so it's 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 that is the worst it's crazy because like I literally probably just like know how to do maybe one percent of what you can do with a program, and then like the rest mm-hmm. of the stuff I'll YouTube and I'll start to like play with. But there's literally so like you could do so much. On, it's it's amazing. I I've only edited like a video that's maybe ten minutes at most, and it takes me like twenty four hours, <laughs> like just a ten minute video. I'm just like <laughs> sure. this is like oh hundred percent. Imagine dude, editing like I mean, a whole feature film, like dude. That's why, like, it takes yeah. That's why it's like months. That's why it's always like a year. But you after. can do it. They edited a. Yeah. They edited a True Grit, the Coen Brothers movie on Final. Cut. Yeah, no, I'm saying only that Final Cut. I'm only Final Cut seven. For, <laughs> so you can totally do it. No, you can. It's a also, good that movie's uh, dope. Yeah, it's a good movie. Well, it's. Uh, um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, I was just, no. If if this is about, I was gonna go. It's kind of the same thing with like, you know, when I first started editing the episodes on Audacity, it's like as soon as I get those like two or three tools that I need, I can really do it, but I still have yet to even like dive into all the effects that I could do right. all the, mm-hmm. the nuances, right? Like I could, if I wanted to, I could take an entire day and, you know, zoom in a lot and then really kind of splice and edit it together and right. make it the nuances of it. But because it's a podcast and it's just, our microphones are good enough to where it's really easy just to kind of get the timing and flow down. And, um, but yeah, I totally like learning these new systems, you know, it's or these new, um, programs is it's a lot yeah you know? yeah so but it's good brandon too. you go go ahead and i interrupted you sorry oh no 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 I was, I was gonna say a very very similar thing uh but uh yeah no it's it's just it's any you know any type of editing takes forever like you remember the uh even though when i was editing that that video for matt for ritual for his, his uh his his ritual and it was just like a compilation of a bunch of shit like it took me like eight hours just downloading and downloading and cutting videos together you know it's just it's such a time-consuming process but it is it feels good it's like a nice creative process definitely yeah it gives you freedom to create your own thing and how you want to do it which is amazing like uh like i said i've been writing a little bit so like just little things that i write i just like picture on final cut like oh maybe i could edit it this way or something not saying i would direct it but like you know just editing process or just images and stuff so it's just another way to play 100 percent. yeah i uh I saw a really inter- a really interesting interview. Um, oh my god! What this is the guy from Ozark? Tell me out here, man guy. The Jason Bateman. Yeah, yeah, Bateman. So he also edits and directs a bunch of episodes and writes a lot of it too. And so he was saying where it was on one of the roundtables, and he, um, while he's acting now, he knows how he's going to edit it because he's the one editing it. So he'll like act to be to the point where he's like he knows what he's cutting and what he's taking. And so he knows exactly what he's doing to the camera for himself. Right. And so he can edit mm-hmm. and cut it to that. And mm-hmm. he's like, it's made acting for me just way easier. Cause that's, I sure. know exactly what it's, it's a cheat. You know, I, I know what I'm editing for so I can, I can do that. Yeah. And then it's interesting because we're taught to like, not, you know, it's hard to not think of the camera, but we're trying to get to a place right. where we don't know what's there. We're not trying to play to the camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, that's, well, yeah. As a director, you know, writer, and you're you're kind of you're always kind of aware of how it's looking. It kind of takes you out a little bit. But if he he's, if he's figured out that that sweet spot where he can still do great performances on camera, right. 
and still mm-hmm. do it to kind of as like a, a nod to him to make his life easier mm-hmm. as a director and editor, then right. kudos to him. I, I have yet to figure it out just because I have very well, little experience, but he was also a, a child actor, you know? right? So it's like, it really is like in his bones. He's really been around. <laughs> yeah, it for he's, yeah he's that's never. true. Um, but yeah, yo, Caleb, Josh, what's new with you boys? Um, had a nice conversation, uh, with my friend Derek in LA, uh, Monday, I, um, or Tuesday, I did went down a little rabbit hole. I was telling, uh, Caleb this, uh, last night that about just like labeling, like what is our journey? What is our, you know, or my, my journey, like as a creator, as an artist, as a director, actor who can sing, dance, whatever, you know, I'm kind of stuck in this quarantine of during this quarantine of like, I, I need to, to create, but I'm also still battling that need for validation by people that I respect. And as actors, you know, the traditional way of thinking is that, you know, you audition and someone has, you know, says, and we, I think we've mentioned this in earlier episodes that they like, they give you the job. Right. So, mm-hmm. or like your peers are like, Oh yeah, that's good. You have this kind of potential. You can keep going, you know? And it's been hard because I personally, haven't had that in a while and I, and maybe that's just in my head. Um, but kind of doing this podcast and I created a concept for a musical that I want to do or create, um, started yesterday and then, um, working on some shorts and stuff or like talking about it. It it just kind of helps focus my mind and stuff. So I'm kind of at a, a much better place, you know, this, uh, today, this morning, um, than I was, you know, but it also helps, but I did do like a three hour, 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. kind of thought spiral, trying to figure out all my problems in in one night <laughs> type of situation, which I'm sure we all can relate to. I, absolutely. I nah. mean, I, should... <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it! I'm perfect. I have perfect I... mental health. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had a class you're on that. You're fucking weird, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fucking. It's freak. still crazy to me though, like what Josh said, which is so Thank you, it's so true about the validation. It's like a lot of us. It's weird. Like we honestly don't do it for validation, but then it's like you, you, you do miss that validation and you do want that validation of just like anything, whether it's like the, a short film that you get booked, you just want to hear like, Oh, congratulations. You booked the part. And it's like, it's something that's yeah. not really important, but at the same time, it like makes such a difference, you know, on things because like, like Josh said, like, you know, we're doing our best to stay creative and you guys are doing what you can with the podcast, which is amazing. And like everyone's doing their own thing, but it's just that validation part that everyone's missing that you're just like, well, I'm, what am I doing? That's not enough, you know, which is a question. That yeah. right. We're in a very competitive and oversaturated industry right. and like it's 99.999% rejection. And that's something that like when you're in school, they tell you, but like also, yeah. at least for me in the back of my mind, it's like, yeah, but like we're in like <laughs> school, like we're, we're doing, you know, right. we're doing it like we're going to be better, different than all the, it's going to be different for us. Right. And then it, yeah, of we're doing it this so that we can have a little bit of a, <laughs> you know, an edge. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still just, and then, you know, when a fucking virus shuts down everything, it's, mm. it's hard to find work. So yeah, <laughs> just, you know, the universe is, uh, no, so you'll probably still, you'll probably start us. seeing, um, yeah, definitely. You'll probably start seeing some more thirst trap photos from me because i'm also yeah. i was like I you know what those. i need to have more of a social media presence and i have a yeah you know in the bear community so a lot of more shirtless pics and a lot of me just kind of being like hey what's up guys let's do a it. three mfa's podcast calendar yeah yo <laughs> Dude, oh, i'm that's all dope. about it My that's God. Dope. <laughs> i'll buy one what month would everybody want Dude, let's, December go, let's go around the horn i would i would right. say I'm february <laughs> 
Marlon's February, Black History. January for me because it's my birthday. <laughs> uh, that's why I said. So, okay. I'm going to be Brandon. spooky October. Ooh. <laughs> spooky, scary skeletons. Exactly. Uh, I'll take the rest. And then we're good. It's <laughs> good. And it's not, it's not, it's not a bunch of different pictures than you. It's just one long spread. Like yeah. it's one picture right. cut up oh, into all the different months. But then, and then there's just you in October yeah, and right. then like my feet yeah. for the last two months. <laughs> yeah. It's you like laying down on like laying a bear down rug. On, like, a thing. I think that there's, I think this has legs. Yeah. I think like we should look into this. Seriously. I think we'd be able to fund the podcast for years. Dude, you got to market yourself. What are you saying? Like, market yourselves. This is, this is for it. July. What's your brand? <laughs> <laughs> my brand is. <laughs> You'll see on the calendar oh, what my Lord. brand is. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I just look forward to that that midsummer like just it's just Caleb's crotch right in front of just right there for two months. Yeah, I'm like oh cool. Are we in September yet? It's nope. not. It wouldn't nope. take up two months. Gotta be self-deprecating. That's true. You good, Caleb? Have otherwise, yeah, I'm fine. Um, well, we did. We talked about it. I, I talked about it. A uh, while ago, but there's somebody that we all went to school with who's trying to do like, like Zoom, Twitch, Shakespeare, like online virtual Shakespeare, um, and asked me and a couple other people uh, to help him like form like sort of like a like an online digital Shakespeare company. Oh, nice. And so we're figuring out like our our like next show and if we were doing like a season. It's been a lot of fun to like be a part of an organization like that. It's awesome. Yeah, awesome, man. Um. So hopefully, uh, knock on wood, but we're we're gonna be doing like Macbeth in the next couple months, um, and uh, lots of really cool ideas about how to make it like because when he, when we're doing it live, we do it live, but it's like broadcast on Twitch, so you can do so much with like OBS with like moving screens around and special effects. Yeah. Still, you can make it very theatrical. Yeah, it was really cool um, when I saw Midsummer. So I think that'll be really exciting. And uh, different, like, I don't think a lot of, like, obviously you have, like, the big, like, places like the public and, like, Broadway stuff are, like, starting to explore that. But in terms of just, like, a lot of other smaller people who are just doing something online and it looks kind of shitty because it's on Zoom, uh, I feel like this is, like, setting itself apart in a really interesting way. And I'm excited to keep keep doing that. Well, it's so interesting to see, like, the creativity in that, right? And, like, you know, as you're exploring as artists and stuff, it's like, oh, it's what Marlon was talking about earlier with the editing, too, right? It's, like, that kind of extra, Mm -hmm. with the technology, you can try to figure out all these different ways to get your artistic point or view across, which is amazing. Right. 100%. Yeah, yeah. it's true mixed media. Like, it's something between theater and film. Yeah. And it's kind of taking the the both, both the best aspects of both. Which is is something, um, interestingly enough, that, I did find was uh, was more nurtured at school than I thought it would be because I ended up mm. doing a lot of stuff like that and bringing in projectors for different things. And and nobody ever said anything to me. It was never like, hey, what are you doing? Like, do it straight up or, or whatever. It was like, no, no, do what you're doing, you know, explore. Yeah. So that, that was, you know, yeah. it's, it's nice to think back on that. Yeah. Well, I'll checked in. <laughs> is it time uh Caleb, let me know when it's any time. any voiceover stuff going on oh um i mean it's like always auditions i but you know like we were saying haven't haven't heard the uh 
haven't heard that yes yet, right. which is really fucking frustrating. Yeah, but Caleb, that that yes doesn't matter, bro. You, you're on the path. You're on the road. That's all that matters, you know. Well, and it's also like the <laughs> thanks, <laughs> the consistent auditioning is the important thing. You know, yes. what I mean, it's building yeah. those relationships with casting yeah. directors. It's being called in for stuff repetitively. Um, you know, that's because they're just if they keep calling you and you're having consistent auditions, man. Like that means they're trying to find something that clicks. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, Absolutely. no, that's it's just like it's just like frustrating. Like you know, you'll or like. There was one thing that I thought I did a really good job at and I wanted really badly. And then like, obviously you never hear back if you don't hear back, you know what I mean? Like they just don't, but then like you look on Wikipedia and it's some fucking asshole from a very Potter musical, like gets it. Cause he has, you know, a name and everything. And it's like, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, shit like that, you know, but trying to stay positive. Uh, Yeah. Very, very, very. I mean, that's the name of the game. It's, It's nice though that that's the point that we're at where it's like, when you don't get a role, you can find out on Twitter. And you're like, oh shit, like, okay, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I understand why they went with this guy. <laughs> there's, I think I mentioned this to you guys the other day, and I won't like say the name, but there's a musical artist that now it's like three roles in a row, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, that's cool, and I like him too, so I like listen to his music all the time, and I'm like, oh, all right, that's cool. It's uh, it's Ja Rule, right? Yeah. This Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you and you and Ja are similar types, Dude, you know. I feel Caleb. I told you about that movie. You have to watch that movie. I'm Marlon. Really quickly before we get, can you tell everybody about this thing? Yeah. Really so I was at uh, my buddy Days and Eddie's house. It was me, Juani, and uh, Day and Eddie, and like they were all hanging out. And I was just like on Netflix chilling because I just wanted to hang out for a bit by myself. So I go on Netflix <laughs> and I'm scrolling down and I see this movie. It's called I'm in love with the church girl. And I was like, what is this? So I look, I like read, you know, the synopsis and I see the characters and it's like jaw rules, a main character. And it's like about, it's based on a true story. It's based on a true story. And like, it's about like a fella who falls in love with like this church girl and things like that. But let me just say it, I was, I, yo, we all saw it together and we could not stop dying. It was so bad that you were intrigued by it. First of all, the opening credits, it said executive producer, God. Like it said, I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, this is, I, I could not stop lying. And then on top of that, you know how like the Avengers logo, it like, it like blends in and then you see like the A shining and stuff. And then like you hear the yeah. theme. Yeah. That's exactly how the title opened for this movie. And I was like, what am I watching? I was just like, whoever wrote this is probably like, get me Ja Rule on the phone. I need Ja Rule right now. And I'm just like, dude. <laughs> and every scene is like, in the Bible it says. And I'm just like, ah, what am I watching? But. Oh, wow. That's, is it I, newer? I, it's like hilarious. I. No, it's from like 2013. We looked oh, it up. It's wow. like almost a decade old. Right. That was a good time for movies. <laughs> was it? No, I'm not, I'm not trying to take I, away I, from I, like the creative process and like the artistic process. But I'm just saying like, sure. You know. well, yeah, people can create <laughs> what can. they want to create, but then there's a level of. Yeah, yeah. we do it every week. <laughs> we, we do do that. So <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be as bold enough to say like, produced by god yeah that, that's, you know, maybe that's Jesus, why i was but, like what <laughs> what is this like god is just looking down know, like dude. don't put my name on that nope nope <laughs> yeah. don't do that uncredited please <laughs> i my agent does not sign off on this there was like billing disputes so you know how like people don't get credit <laughs> like oh, don Cheadle, so good ocean's 11 he didn't get credit wow. for that. No, he wanted top billing and they didn't, wouldn't give it to him. So he's like, don't even put my name on it, bro. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Dude. He wanted 
top billing in Ocean Eleven. He wanted above. He wanted. He wanted above the line billing with like Clooney and uh, and Damon and. and Wait, uh, how does that it, work? What so so above the line is like the before credits. Yeah, it's like George Clooney, Brad right, Pitt, right. Matt Damon, Ocean's Eleven, everybody else. Uh, you know okay. what I mean? And Don Cheadle mm, wanted yeah. wanted that fucking yeah, that's fair above the line. Okay, that's fair. And then and then they said no. <laughs> not only are you not the main a main character, you're also accents atrocious. <laughs> and then he was like, "Well, fine, then don't even fucking credit me." Also, there's like. <laughs> 40 famous people in this movie. That's all this is. Is it yeah. being famous as fuck people? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But Don Cheadle is a man. Have you guys ever seen that interview? Uh, what is it? Uh, I listened to this podcast. It's like, uh, what's his name? He speaks with actors and stuff like every week. And um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don Cheadle was on one episode and he was talking about like, you know, people come up to him and they're like, yo, I want to be just like you and this and that. He's like, wait, you want to be famous or do you want to be like an actor? Because if you want to be like an artist, yeah. an actor, you know, what are you doing? Are you reading plays? Are you doing plays? Are you going into shops yeah. and touching stuff and working with it to see like, you know, if you can create it? And I was like, oh, dude, man, this guy really knows what he's talking about. Like, that's amazing. Because it's true. Well, a lot of people. Right no, 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 I know. But I'm saying like not a lot of people <laughs> know the work that yeah, goes. Yeah, that's bad advice, Don, <laughs> in 2020. You can't be touching no, stuff the, in stores. No, this interview was like at least four years ago or so. Not, not. <laughs> no, I know, I know. We're, we're joking around. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's interesting. Uh, my, like, it's that level of, you know, do you want to just be an influencer, right. famous or whatever, right. or just known? Or do you want to like, are you actually in love with the craft? And I think <laughs> that's what we're all kind of struggling with was like, just we love the craft. You know, we would love some recognition, but like. Really, we got to do it for ourselves. Well, you know, it's every it, single day. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting, like the choices you have to make for that too. Uh, we didn't, we never talked about this, but last year, not last year, like six months ago, whatever, when I first got back, and I was here, and I had like, I was signed with a modeling agency as well, mm-hmm. and I I ended up going for a, my headshots, uh, you know, later in the year, and I was talking to the headshot photographer, who's you know really great. She's also an actress, uh, fantastic. And she was telling me, she was like looking at all my stuff online, my resume and stuff. And she was like, look, man, you, you're an actor. And if you want to, to be perceived as an actor, you got to drop the modeling agency just in that it was like, and it, it wasn't a top, top modeling mm-hmm. agency. I've said it's a different thing, right? If you're with somebody yeah. who's, but it was like, the perception is not good here on what right. you're doing, and yeah. you know? And it was like, it's pulling you over here. And it was just, you know, it's, it's yeah. so the choice you have to make. We're like, what do you want to do? You know, at the end of the day, what are you doing this for? So... Yeah, it's interesting. Right. Yeah, exactly. Real quick, like uh, speaking on that before we go into everything, because I feel like I'm kind of sidelining. But anyway, um, I did this one gig too, which was like a modeling thing. And um, it was like the first time I ever did like a photo shoot thing or whatever. And um, it was just a bunch of models there. And I think I was like the only artist slash actor. So I would try to talk to these people and like, you know, they weren't the nicest of people. You know, they were really like stuck up and stuff and some of them would be like um oh yeah you know i'm i'm doing i'm trying the acting thing too now and also i'm like oh cool do you guys like do theater or like what he's like theater nope <laughs> only film like come on i was like oh okay all right that's fine but it's like <laughs> but it's yeah. dude, what's the, like, i mean that's the that's the idea yeah no that's the thing is like you can kind of tell immediately yeah, who's like wants like, right. to be an artist and who wants to be famous when, it's like not difficult <laughs> i you know like i've and, and just to be clear, I don't want to, you know, shit on modeling or anything. Yeah, yeah me either. I was just uh, saying, like, it's just a different No, no, no. Thing. It's, but yeah, yeah, no, no. But it's, it's interesting. It, it is very interesting. And that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about, right? It is that, that idea or like, you know, uh, also the other thing I was going to say, Marlon, is it's interesting, you know, doing modeling gigs, right? Like it's, the reason 
that I was told to drop my modeling agency and stuff is because it was irrelevant. They were putting me up for the same jobs that my other agency was anyway. So it was causing things. So it's like, yeah, it's all, it all becomes irrelevant anyway. Cause like, you know, unless you're uh, doing top, top level modeling stuff, right. They're looking, they're just looking for actors and models or whatever, and then picking people anyway. You know what I mean? So it becomes this like, yeah, this intermix. I, I will say though, yeah. they make bank, bro. Like for that yeah. one thing, I was just an extra because like I wasn't the lead and stuff, but the leads were walking away that day with like about probably four grand. And it was just for like an eight, not even eight hour, probably like a five hour day. And I was like, dude, what? Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. Why do you think everybody wants to be famous? No, but they're, <laughs> they're, 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 not, they're not, that's what I'm saying. They're not even famous. It's just like a regular like photo shoot for them that they're just like, oh yeah, I'm good for rent for like four months. I'm like, damn. All right. Yeah, I mean that's that, like the world you can be in. Right, right, right. Like that's why it's what's it alluring to people like that? Yeah. It's like if you oh you just have to like look really good and you can walk away with like a few grand for five hours. Absolutely, sure. Well, okay, <laughs> hold on though, because like that's a fair statement, but at the same time, like that's like what happened with the NFL thing. But I also like was in New York for three years at acting school, and like uh, that got sure. me the agent that that got me that job. You know what I mean? And all Dude, that I remember, ended up being modeling. Yo, so I it's rem- like. <laughs> I remember I was with Eddie at a bar. It was actually Eddie, Day, me and Juani, and we were at a bar, and Eddie was like, yo, is that Brandon? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I look up, and you are you lift up the garage door with your jersey. I was like, oh, yeah, shit, the garage door. that's Brandon. <laughs> it's funny because it's, like, real quick, too. And yeah, I, was- like, you have to be, like, watching the commercial <laughs> to, like, be like, oh, cool. You know, it was really cool. I would love to see uh, you do more, Thanks, bro. Brandon. I can't wait for that to happen, yeah, for, for all sure. of us to just be like, oh, shit. Well, hopefully down the line, it's a whole, you know, project that we're all doing would be sick. Right. Oh, of course. No, you guys, I mean, you better bring me along, Brandon. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, guys, I I just thought about something. Don't forget where you came from. And and I don't know if we've talked about this. Do you guys know me at all? (laughs) You could, you you might even say that we don't have friends. We have family. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Also, you guys know me and I have a massive hero complex. So, you know, my goals lie in that anyway all the time and i can't help myself from any of that um fuck what was i gonna say you guys distracted me no idea <laughs> I, I think um, you were gonna say something with uh like caleb said i don't got friends i think we we're gonna segue I got family oh oh it was something about that it was definitely a joke it's not worth it now <laughs> i can't remember <laughs> um we can cut all this out but so we can just start over. <laughs> I would like to give a a little bit of backstory, uh, just in in why we're having Marlon on for Tokyo Drift and Marlon's love for Fast and Furious. So feel free to jump in and stop me or add anything, Marlon. But uh, as we <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to get copyright. I don't want to get copyright. (laughs) That's the Teriyaki Boys, which is a great name for a fucking band, by the way. Great name. Great name. Also, great tune. Teriyaki Boys. Great tune. Um, It's a banger. So as we went through school, uh, more and more so, Marlon's love for the Fast and the Furious was revealed to us in the best of ways. Um, That, my favorite moment, though, was after Power Rangers came out and you came in the next day and we're like, yo, Power Rangers going to win a Academy Award, bro. <laughs> and I got. I'm not gonna lie. I love Power. It's a good movie, but but no, but no. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. There was. It was also. But it was also like March. 
Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. So like Marlon, Marlon was calling it super early. Like even if it was a better movie than Power it Rangers, was, it's very bold. It, it should have like walk in March third. It should have been between like, yeah. Power Rangers and Fast and Furious Eight. That's just me, though. That's just me. <laughs> Wait, I don't know Fast and Furious Eight. I know Fate of the there Furious. You, go. you know they messed up. They could have put they could have put F Eight of the Furious instead of Fate of the Furious, and it would have been yeah, better. They could but, have. Yeah. One of the very few times it would have worked. Right? <laughs> Instead of like tack three and <laughs> or like Jesus. other fucking garbage that people try to do, that would have been perfect. Well, the should have done it. The Dan Harmon rant. Have you ever seen the Dan Harmon rant about now you see me too not being called now you don't? Now you yeah. don't. Yeah, they fucked up. They missed. A, they missed out a huge opportunity. Oh, Dude. Marlon, what got you? What got like? So, what is it about the franchise that that excites you? Hmm. Oh, Can you take us through your personal journey head. with Fast and the Furious? Yeah, all right. Let's start from a long, long time ago. No. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, <laughs> the year was 1995. The year, yeah, the year was 1999. Marlon was just born. <laughs> no, um, I remember seeing the first one, the Fast and Furious, at my uncle's house. Uh, we used to go to my uncle's house like every Friday with my parents, and we were just chilling. He rented this movie, and I was just there sitting, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I've never seen like a street racing movie with like cops or whatnot. Um and, you know, it, it was cool. And then I saw Too Fast, Too Furious in the theater. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I remember Tokyo Drift came out. And it was like, it said the Fast and Furious. But I was like, this is, there's no one from the previous ones. What is this? And I saw it. And, like, I went with my cousins to see it. And my cousin loved it. And I thought, I was like, okay, cool. Until I saw the cameo at the end. I was like, all right, this is pretty good. <laughs> and then uh, the fourth one came out when I was in high school. And I was like, and it was like, original parts new models was like the slogan i was like oh this is pretty cool like what are we doing here and it just revamped it for me i was like dude this is this is good they're 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 taking it up a notch and i think it all picked up for me was when the rock came in on the fifth one because the fifth one is a whole different level man like the fifth one is is Uh amazing honestly like i feel like everyone once the rock came in it really did like launch off even more well the fifth one is like there, it's no longer about street racing. They're like superheroes who saved the world. I wouldn't say superheroes. And it's completely heroes. ridiculous. There's still criminals in the fifth one. I mean, they're still robbing There's a lot. Right, but there's always... Why the, is it ridiculous? I I don't see it ridiculous. It, it, but. What, do you, what do you mean? You don't think that there's <laughs> teams there? of street racers out there saving the world slash robbing people all the time? Because I truly believe that this is a regular occurrence. And I'm pretty sure all eight of these movies are based on a true story. I, I agree with Brandon. Uh, I guess that's I true. I agree with Brandon. But, um, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, they're just... I don't know. And th- Honestly, like, joking aside, uh, obviously, they're blockbuster movies and stuff, but I-, I just think they're a great time. Like, every time I go to see mm-hmm. them in theaters with friends and stuff, like, everyone has... It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is because we know each movie gets more and more ridiculous but you just can't go in there without smiling and like laughing having a good time you know like you know what you're getting yourself into so yeah i I will say yeah that that's totally true for like the later part of the film but for today when what we're talking about is the third one the tokyo drift movie and i wrote a big old question why (laughs) you know okay uh you mentioned it marlon about how you know, they were just trying to kind of do like something new. None of the original actors, whatever. Because actually, I do truly like a standalone film. The fast, the the first Fast and Furious was cool. It was a good story. It was like, okay, cool. It's like street racing, whatever. You know, but like the third one, you know, we rewatched it last night, and I I don't 
I don't get it because it's it's kind of like in that in that dead period of like what the hell is happening. Well, Marlon right, just hellhole of the mid two thousands. Well, Marlon just made a really good point. I kind of forgot that this is how they had come out. Um, because yeah, so the first one came out massive hit, right? And the mm. second one came out, and I actually really liked the second one. I hadn't thought about it in a while until Marlon just mentioned it, but <laughs> I really liked that one. But this, when you look back, Vin Diesel's not even in that one. Mm. And then did Tokyo Drift come out in theaters or was it straight to DVD? No, nah, I came out in theaters. It came out in theaters? Yeah. Because, yeah, but Marlon's right. Because that, but it was almost like its own things after. And then Vin Diesel came back on and I think like started executive producing them and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, and from what so I re- the, the, the ones after are totally, you know, it's a whole thing. Well, I forgot that it was, there was a, a break I feel like, there. <laughs> I think it's so interesting how he got back involved. So he wasn't, that like cameo was a reshoot at the end. Oh, really? Like they did test screenings. And everybody was like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> it is. And we'll get into why. But then the studio was like, Vin, Vin, please film a cameo. And he was like, I'll only do it if you give me the rights to yep. Riddick. And that's really? how he got to keep oh, making right. the Riddick movies. Because they had made Pitch Black in like 2000 yeah. or 99 or something like that. Which is like, a fu- it's okay. And then, but he wanted, he knew that he could make fucking bank if he, they gave him that yeah. character. And so that's, they, that's what they did. He filmed the cameo, which took like, must've taken 30 minutes. Oh, you know? and, then they, and then they gave him, uh, and then they gave him, um, the rights to Riddick. And then, yeah, now Brandon, he's like, I think a big producer on it, on the furious stuff. And he's in all the movies yeah. and now they're about something that they completely weren't before. And it's totally changed into the Avengers which is fine. The Avengers, but that's just me. It's, wow, that's a that's a statement. <laughs> oh my wow. God, Marlon, are you gonna you're you're on mic right now? You realize uh, that? You can like, quote, me, are you can quote me on that. That's for the record. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, what are your uh, we shit? I completely lost my train of thought. Um, but talking about the th- third one because we said it was like oh six, right? Like what? I mean, is it even worth going around the table and virtual table and saying our initial thoughts? We kind of know what we all. I know. I think it's valuable. Yeah. Uh, this we we are coming back to it as adults. It's been that's true. Fourteen years since the movie came out yeah. since I last. So saw Marlon, it. before we get too like too into it, so um, we now we're like our initial thoughts. Like what what are, what do we thought? I will start. What do we? I mean, what do we think? Sorry, proper grammar. I saw it with you guys and. I thought it was meh. I thought there was some shots that were cool with the whole drifting thing. Cause I don't, you know, you don't see drifting a lot, but I think in terms of just the, the quality of the movie and the franchise, I think it's definitely the weakest one out of the 10, nine that are out. So that's my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Counterpoint. Brandon. <laughs> ah, yes. You can see my facial expressions, I see. Um, counterpoint. This movie bangs. This movie's awesome. Super fun. Uh, super just nostalgic. I remember loving this movie when it came out. I loved it. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. It feels like very... And I've been saying this a lot recently, I feel like. But it's this random kid. He goes to Tokyo. Can't speak the language. Falls in the crew. I was like, oh, this is like an anime movie. And I'm in. Um, well, by kid, you mean random 30-year-old person. Hey, yes. <laughs> Dude, he's a high He's a 30-year-old man <laughs> attempting to be, you know, 17 or whatever it is. Well, yeah. Because he's underage. Yes, so he's that, 17. Yeah, that's a, that was a lie that they put in there. Um, can we talk about Bow Wow? Can we talk about Bow Wow? He's yes, 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 man. we can. But let's, 
Twinkie. Okay, we'll get, he's coming back. We'll get. We'll get the we'll cast of an F nine. Anyway, so he's coming back. My point is, he actually. <laughs> yeah, I oh, saw that on Wikipedia so last night. That's the best news I've ever heard. Okay. Well, okay. What is nine going to be? Just like the reunion? <laughs> yeah, it's the Avengers. It's Avengers Endgame. Well, because I do want to talk about it'll be better Han than at some point. Oh wait, I wait, wait. We gotta, yes, we, totally. I feel like for Han, we gotta wait because that's a huge long conversation. Yeah, but that's gonna take a detail. I mean, look, that was the even as a kid, the first time I saw it, like that guy as Han is by a wide margin the best in the movie. Dude, you know, for so sure. I wasn't surprised. Yeah, it's not even really close. Pardon? Yeah. It's not even close. No. He's the best actor in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's not even close. And then, so I wasn't surprised to see him, you know, come back in the other movies, but I'm very excited about all of that. And we'll, even though it makes no fucking sense, but anyway, sorry. Caleb, <laughs> all right. it all makes I'm sense. Toss it over. Well, all right, real, real quick, Caleb, thoughts quick, yeah. just because we, in one word. Oh, it's bad. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's just, it's so incredibly dated. Like, every aspect of it is so firmly rooted in 2005, like, when it was made. Like, it's edited really poorly. All the acting is bad. I mean, we talked about Han fine, but like the vast majority of the performances are very stilted and you can tell they were like, they must've been like rewriting the script every day. Like they, it just, they didn't know their, I don't know. It made no sense. Uh, it was edited very poorly. The special effects aged like shit. Yeah. They did not. Like, age well. the, it's offensive. <laughs> like it's just the whole, okay, it's like that's the fetishization of Asia yeah, is like also fair. so fucking gross. And they have to like populate the fucking main cast with all these like, white people like the main girl has to be they like made it like really convoluted that she's actually from australia like for like fucking no reason other than just you gotta have white people in the leads like it, it just was so gross and like and just like the fucking kid rock music and like the hard uh disgusting edge like dad rock shit like it just was bad. I fucking didn't <laughs> think it was really that good at all. <laughs> um counterpoint Marlon yeah. <laughs> counterpoint Marlon thoughts uh here, here's my thing. I, I I give him credit for being creative in the sense that I have I've never seen a drift movie of any kind. So I think taking that route is something interesting and something new for sure that they brought to the screen. Um, I don't think it's the best one from the franchise. Uh, you know, it's definitely not my favorite, but um, it's something new. And I mean, yeah, Caleb thinks the special effects were bad and stuff. But I, dude, you know, it, it was 2006. It wasn't. It is what it is. Um, I don't think the acting is that bad. I mean, if you look, Marlin. if you look, if you look at a lot of these actors, they're still working today. Um, you know, I feel like it was a big boost for everyone. Which that was ones? <laughs> DK, uh, the main lead, both uh, the guy yeah. and the girl. Like you know, they're Lucas Black. The main guy's on some fucking NCIS. That's work, bro. That's like, work. That's him. dope. Yeah, that's it's work. work. Also, we've been over this Yeah, but there's a difference between there's a difference between like working and then like being on like you know what I mean. Like you don't have to be a good actor to be on NCIS. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, and also with the special effects. Sorry, I, I'm not. I won't do this that much. But like, 2001 came out in 1968, and it looks fucking beautiful. Like being like saying that it was like 2006, like came out like 14 years ago is not a fucking excuse. That CGI is dated as shit. It looks so bad. What CGI? Like, it was all practical. Can... Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that shot with them, like that exposition scene where they're like swerving down the mountain. Yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. this is where all the kids come to drift after high school. <laughs> and like, and they're all like, and it's just like so fucking bad. I, and like, anytime they get close to like a corner, like you can tell it's like really, ugh. Just fucking, or awful. even them like racing through the crowd of like the the 
literally the busiest intersection in the world. <laughs> yeah. oh, you can tell that the camera was just that like crowd perfectly like parts. perfectly parted. <laughs> you can tell that it was just like a like a CGI green screen like populated by computer people because also because of the the way the the camera followed the car through the crowd. It, it like the camera was obviously hitting people. It was almost like what you see in like video games, like sports games, right? It was very much that kind of quick angle, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's definitely noticeable on a on an HD TV, you know. <laughs> also, but, nothing you know. about that scene makes sense now after the last like three movies, when it's like, oh yeah, no, the guy that hit Han is a is 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 uh what's his name little did we know it's actually jason yeah, statham, it's jason statham. Like, <laughs> also, like, i was looking and i was like that's not the car that they have jason statham cutting out of later i'm pretty sure well, i was like what also, is happening if, if we're just gonna if we're just gonna jump ahead and talk about this canonically this movie takes place in 2013 so why does everybody have shitty flip phones yeah. and like yeah. <laughs> why is yeah. everybody oh, like shit. dressed in like fashion that doesn't make sense you know like you know oh it just makes my fucking blood boil it's so fucking annoying <laughs> the uh the han stuff man so yeah they they went and super retroactively changed that entire scene and uh made it yeah marlin can you make the chronology make sense to us please yeah so okay so <laughs> two things first of all uh real quick the reason they changed the Han thing was because the audience loved them so much that they want to bring them back so yeah no yeah this, know, totally. so that's that you know you can't be mad at the studio for that you know uh second no i thought caleb was gonna say because it, it doesn't make sense he was saying it doesn't i'm like it doesn't make sense but they did it it doesn't make sense. no but it does it does caleb it does because they're okay, doing well, it for people explain how it does okay wait uh so yeah the order goes uh fast and, the, the first fast and furious and two fast two furious then fast and furious which is a fourth one then fast five fast and furious six uh, Tokyo Drift after Fast and Furious 6, then Furious 7, and then Fury, uh, Fast and Furious 8. Yeah, that's the order. Dope. So it's all in order. It's all in order except 3 is actually 7. Yeah. yeah. three. Well, 3 and... Th- it's like 6, 3, and 7 are kind of all together simultaneously, if you think about it. Like, the ending of 6 leads to 3, if you think which about it. takes place during 7 as well. Oh, I see. Oh, so... Okay. You get what I'm saying? And gotcha. Han Han isn't alive until except in the trailer for the one that hasn't come out, right? Like he's not actually in any of the movies that have been released after he died. He wasn't in seven. Well, he died in seven technically. But no, he wasn't in seven That's or eight. Saying. But yeah, he's back in yes. nine. He's back in nine. And now but now somehow Oh we you know, which totally ruins the which big is, dramatic which moment is so, of this movie. Which is so interesting because like they don't have room to introduce time travel like Marvel can. I don't. They've like been to fuck. Are, they're going to go to space and they've they've <laughs> been to fuck. They've saved the world from a virus. Like they can do anything. They're superheroes dude, now, dude. There's a line within well, in the one that The Rock first appears in, and he's like, he literally like the camera zooms in on him, and he's like, whatever you do, don't let them get into their cars. <laughs> like that's the source of their fucking power. I love it. Like it's yeah, just dude, fucking like, ridiculous. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. I'm not saying that you can't make movies like that and make the, and that's not what I'm saying. It's just like when you look at the first one, like that's an idea that somebody had. Like that's a movie that somebody wanted to make. It's like undercover cops, you know what? illegal uh, street racing. That's interesting. Actually even more so, um the director of the first one and writer, it's the guy who had done, if I'm not mistaken, it's they talk about all this in the Paul Walker documentary. Um but it's always mm-hmm. the guy who had done the skulls. 
And that was like mm. one of his first bigger roles. And he, the mm. guy was talking about how Paul Walker's got that. There's a scene where him and Joshua Jackson are in this cage. Oh, thing. yeah. Yeah. And, it, but it's, a, and he, he does a really good job. And the, the director was talking about, it and he was like, that was the moment I was like, oh, this kid's an actor. And then so he told Paul Walker that he was like, you know, I'll, I'm going to have something for you in the next thing. And he kept bugging him and bugging him. And Paul Walker was like, what is it? What is it? And then he was like, all right, we're doing this thing. I want to do a, a car movie and like a detective thing. And then we took it to the studio, something like Paul Walker had a studio deal. So they took this and they were like, yeah. And so because Paul Walker was into cars, it was like written around and for him. Which is great because yeah. that's something that somebody like wanted to do yeah. and then it makes a lot of money and then you have to just keep making more and more and bigger and now it's a thing yeah. and they have to, and it's, it's just becomes something that's like, to me, it just feels so like, I don't know, man. Like it feels false, like nothing, you know, and you can have the fucking Vin Diesel and all the shit. And he's like, We're a family. You know, and Tyrese, and it's like, oh, Ludacris was like the fucking minor guy from the second one, but now we're going to have him come back. And right, it just exactly, seems like yeah. they're just grasping at straws and trying to just throw shit at the wall. And like, I will say they have been I consistent, s- though, the last, like, if they're going to do ridiculousness, whatever, like, keep I'm glad they leaned whatever. into it. Like, yeah, I'm glad like, that they're leaning it. into yeah. it being ridiculous. Cause if they, but like, I don't know. I think like, like, Vin takes it really seriously. Like, I don't think he knows that everybody's like laughing at well, him. Well, there's all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Got it, got it. There's all the shit between him and The Rock. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say. There's that beef with him. There's that video of The Rock slapping the shit out of Tyrese. A lot of shit from that set. <laughs> Tyrese is like lots of drama. Like he gets in fights with people all the time. Yeah. Um, but, but there's like certain pieces that when you think of Fast and Furious, they are, you can kind of track it through all the movies, even including like Tokyo Drift. Like there were the girl, like there were the women that were like in short skirts, whatever. There's the... The weird teen, uh, tinny like uh, hip hop music that was similar to the Too Fast Too Furious track that Ludacris did, but then like you have you have Bow Wow in there, which you know we talked about last oh, night. Like, Bow why didn't he do a track right. for you it? Have- you know, and then you had the cars. You have the import versus the American muscle. Like, there's this, these classic like you kind of have to do it's- this for you know Fast and the Furious movies, but then it's like, but where does it where does it fall? Right. You know, or like where, how do you? Keep using those tropes or those vehicles. You know how you do uh-huh, it? You vehicles. make a Hulk car. That's Yo! what you do. <laughs> Dude, wait. You know what's <laughs> so funny to me, dumb. though? The first one, the first Fast and Furious had Ja Rule. The second one had Ludacris. And the third one had Bow Wow. It's like... So upgrades. At each step of the way. <laughs> ja Rule has that great scene in the first one where he's losing. And he's like... It's like the girl has like bet him or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, Monica! Yeah. <laughs> It was like the best oh, line yeah. read ever. Oh my god. Yo. There are tons of awful line reads in this movie. I think Caleb at one point was like, that was your best take. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. There was this one line I where- I forget what he said. It was the main guy. And he said like, uh, he was flirting with the girl and he said something awful and stupid. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The one where he's like- um, Barely put any effort into writing. He's in the parking garage. Is it, yeah. is, it's the one where he's like- uh, let me guess, you're an army brat, right? And it goes on this whole like little speech about it, and then she's like, that was, no. That was also <laughs> terrible, but it was even before that. He, he says something to her, and I don't remember. But yeah, that fucking, the, the worst actor, though, the worst part of it was the girl in the beginning, the blonde girl. <laughs> she oh, was like, oh, can we talk about yeah, that? Can with we the talk guy about from that Home scene? Improvement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So the kid from Home Improvement, who you like that that kid's. Uh, I don't want to talk about That's him. That's what Josh in this said. Josh movie. was like, "Oh, he's the guy from." Yeah, Home you can't knock him. He did whatever, like ten seasons. Yeah, of, of course. That. He's very hilarious. They were, you know, they're great in that all the way through. That scene is so fucking ridiculous in every way, shape, and form. Like, first of all, you what was Here it really okay at that point to have this scene with this girl being like, "Yeah, whoever wins wins me." <laughs> And then also, by the way, if you're that guy in high school and that's your girlfriend, you should break up right away. Don't race the other guy. Just leave and be like, <laughs> this relationship's over. That's really fucked up. <laughs> Don't race. Leave. Can I, go I home. thought you loved me. Can, Why aren't you winning this bro, car race? Two things. Remember, she was like, uh, I thought you loved me when he was losing. And we were yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is in the in the opening uh sequence when uh we see the kid getting bullied he doesn't <laughs> and then he just walks away we really hard at that. like what is this? He, he like oh, had the opportunity to yeah. save that fat kid and then all the other 30 year old men in the scene were like oh no the big 30 year old guy is gonna beat us up and he was like nah <laughs> it's so interesting because you have like bad stereotypes of high schoolers like it's not even like even things like with like scary movie and things like that like yeah they kind of were making caricatures of like these like uh these stereo- like these characters in or these social types in high school, but like with this movie, it was just okay. It's the football group; they have those generic jerseys on. And it's like homecoming, or it's like whatever kind of like the Friday night yeah. game or Friday afternoon, and then you know they're football players. But then he throws a baseball. Caleb mentioned <laughs> into the guy's car, but yeah. then it's like this huh? whole thing. But then you're kind of introducing this world, and you know he sees a guy like get, getting bullied and i'm just sitting there going in 2006 like yeah i guess we kind of had a different look on like this these kind of things but was it a vehicle for you could maybe say that to show his growth as a person but never it never comes back <laughs> what do you mean you know? it never comes back? We, later on he's like he his dad's like, yeah and his dad's like you have to leave and he's like i can't this is my problem i gotta fix it i can't leave it comes around no, totally. But he, like, but he, like, he, says he, he stops a, Bow Wow getting oh, beat Oh, that's up. right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, in and the then, midpoint. And then Bow Wow's like, fuck you, grow. man. Now everybody's going to want refunds. <laughs> right. <laughs> so good. No, I can't sell my iPods. He was the best. Like, but then he's like totally fine. Like the, his character was, he was like annoyed sometimes, but then he was like his friend sometimes. Yeah. It's almost like they were inconsistently written. But at the same time, <laughs> by something. the way, Bow Wow's another one of those guys that like he's... I mean, I could watch him in a movie all day. He's like, I, I've, I never have a problem with him acting. He's very natural. Like, yeah, I don't know. I like Bow Wow. I mean, I've natural. I think he's <laughs> I natural man there, when he's yeah, out there. I like, think, I don't think Bow Wow's bad. There was a moment where he did very much like oh just. Gosh. I'm gonna throw my hands up to show exasperation, but that's <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just a slight indication. I, love, I mean, you know. look, do you guys remember like Mike? Yeah. Like, come on. That was a little funny callback because like the first time we see him, he's like, "Look, I got Air Jordans." Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh, the other movie that he you know, was he in. was supposed to be like when like Mike came out, all of that, there was he was supposed to be a ridiculously good basketball player, like in real life. Sure. Yeah. They always said that, like he was supposed to be like and then he just you know, never grew and shit, but he was supposed to be unreal. I feel you, Bow Wow. I was in the same position. <laughs> you were balling. <laughs> I had uh, I had unreal uh, ball potential on the court. And then uh, <laughs> then I stopped growing taller. Uh, Marlon, I feel like we've kind of not given you enough space. I want, I want you to start like, um, pr- explaining to me why I'm wrong about this movie being shit. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on the way you're viewing it, Caleb. <laughs> like 
if you're just watching a movie like just to watch it then it's not a bad movie like it has a story it has interesting characters i think it has nice cars it has races the soundtrack could be a little bad but it's not the worst you know you're still digging with it and I don't know. I, Remember the whistle the, song? I was going to say, <laughs> with the Evo right there, you just see the whistle song and the Evo. Well, what I, what I mean is that it's, when I, when I mean dated, it's like, there are movies that you can watch that, that feel timeless because it's like, you know, not so rooted. Like that was just like what pop songs are on the radio that we can stick on. Right. You know what I mean? So it feels fucking dated because nobody's really listening to that shit anymore. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like all of the visual stuff, like it feels dated because that's like what was happening in action movies at the time. Like it's not creative decisions. It's just like, what can we do to make it like get money at the box office right now? So of course it feels fucking dated. Like in, you know, yes, like you can be forgiving to special effects, I guess, if you if you want to. But like, you know, just because like things have gotten better doesn't mean I'm watching this and I'm believing it. Like it's I it still looks bad. Like I'm noticing these effects. Okay. Like are very like, and if th- this is supposed to be an action movie where it's like, look at the fucking cool racing and it's like just fucking like cutting every <laughs> two and a half seconds and I can't fucking focus on anything and the special effects are bad. It's like, what do you want me to get out of this? You know what I mean? I agree that there's potential in the story. I think if maybe they had a better screenwriter and didn't like rely on like cliches, there could be like something maybe interesting there. I think like Han is an interesting character. And like we said, he's like the best actor for sure. Um, but like, I don't know, man. I don't agree with the concept that like there's a a mutually exclusive thing between like entertainment and art. I think you can make like entertaining things that are also like good. <laughs> That's just me, though. No, I mean, look, I, I have and I have a very I'm not this is I'm, this isn't my kind of movie anyway. I, I agree with you. I, I mean, you could make both. But at the same time, it's like. I don't know. I think I saw this. I saw this interview with uh, what's his name, uh, Hugh Laurie and Colin Farrell. <clears throat> Hugh Laurie's uh, mm-hmm. no, not Hugh Laurie. I'm sorry, Hugh Grant. Right, Hugh Grant. Is Hugh Grant the one? Oh, sure, yeah. Hugh Grant's the one that did um, the Mr. Romcom. Yes, yes, he did Notting Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, what's the other one? The the Bridget Jones Diary. Right, that's him. Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Nine months pregnant. Right. <laughs> Two. He, he was in every romantic comedy from 1990 to like 2010. So <laughs> right. I saw this interview with him and Colin Farrell. They were like interviewing each other, the actors on actors. And um, he was talking about how like, you know, between art and entertainment. And I don't know. I, I think it's interesting because, yes, we're all, they were saying like we're all artists. But at the same time, we're in the entertainment business. We do have to entertain people. Um, I agree with you. I think you could have both. And you could also do your, your own independent art stuff as well, which there is a crowd for them. People do like it. But a lot of people like blockbusters, you know, and like, this is one of those movies where it, you know, people are, people know it's silly and they just want to see, just to see it. So I I do, I do see what you're saying because we're in the inside of it, you know, we're actors and we do like that arty stuff, but just from like a person, like if I, if I wasn't an actor or part of the arts or anything, I would see this movie and I'd be like, dude, this is amazing, right? Because I don't know any better. I'm not really inside of it. You know, now having experience in the field and everything and, you know, being your friend and you being a writer, obviously it has flaws and stuff. But when I see these kinds of movies, I just watch in the perspective of like, forget it. I'm not an actor. I'm just a little kid. I want to see explosions. (laughs) I want to see the cars. You know, maybe the special effects are bad, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's just like a fun movie, you know? And you're right. It it is. There, there are scenes that are bad and you're just like, this is terrible, but you know, 
at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, it's just like, uh, let's go in there and have fun type of thing. Well, and, and just to kind of, cause I, I agree completely. And to add on to that a little bit, um, in this movie specifically, right, where it is exactly that as a movie just for, you know, just for fun and all of that, there aren't those artsy moments to be had. And then there is this moment with Han where he gets this little monologue. They put it in a close up. They leave it. There's no special effects or anything. And any way you cut it, you remove that scene. He's killing it. It lands and it's a good scene. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, even for me feeling Marlon, like exactly how you felt through it being like, I'm not watching this as like as I would watch like, you know, Peaky Blinders and trying to break down like Cillian Murphy's work or whatever. I'm just watching this being like sick cars. I want to go buy Nas now. And like, <laughs> <laughs> but then and then I'm watching it. And then this moment with Han happens and he does the whole, you know, little explanation and the whole, you know, uh, make choices and then keep going or whatever it was. And it lands and it has that artistic moment. So there's what I'm saying is there's places in blockbuster movies to have those artistic moments. Right. I will also yeah, say... Yeah, but I think... Oh, no, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Marlon, you go. I was just going to say, like, there's also, like, Brandon, what you're saying, there's also different ways to put, like, you know, artistic things. And I know Caleb is probably going to, you know, counter this Here we and go. hate it. But, like... <laughs> I see your big, big smile. <laughs> I can't wait. It's just, like, you know, thinking of images and, like, you know the colors of the cars and things that like are vibrant to people in the eyes like that's just a different way to be creative and artistic like things pop in this movie mm-hmm. you know that's one way of being creative and saying you know what for this i want the people to like think this like dude a whole car who would have thought of a- yeah. i would have never like dude that shit pops out it has dude exhibit would have thought of that on pit <laughs> my ride that's the well no to your point marlon what i what i will say is i think like it was a good decision to hire I think that was it was really cool that they hired Justin Lin. That's um, my guy. You give this this you kind of hand this big fucking franchise to this like Asian American director, and like let him seemingly let him kind of do his thing, and like yeah, there's a diff like sure like the cars like are very distinct from each other, so it's easy to like track like in the big races like yeah. who's where, and that that is like that is something that like. I don't give a shit about cars. Like, I don't care. Like, I've never been a car person. But I can see why that's, like, something that you would appreciate about this movie that does well is, like, the attention to detail about, like, the actual mechanics of, like, the drifting and the car specs and all of that stuff. Like, that, for sure, is done well. But I also feel like in a movie about car racing, that's, like, kind of the bare minimum you have to do. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I don't think they should get, like, special points for that because it's like, yeah, if you don't do that, then you're extra an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Cause it's like, of course, like this is a car racing movie. So I would expect that from this, right. but then it could also be done really badly. Like the transformers movies are so fucking God. You can't fucking tell the one robot from the next robot and all the actions poorly done. And you don't know what's well, happening. I mean, that's a completely different, like, but I'm saying this is like a good episode. example of like how of like course. that's done actually well. Right. Well, and you can also argue that like, even like the first transformers, when that, like that idea of first, you whatever, spend the whole time with fucking Shia LaBeouf anyway. So exactly. <laughs> and Megan Fox, but like, um, but to your point, Brandon too, about, and Marlon about just like Han, right. The, that mm. actor and like seeing his work, you know, if, I mean, that that saved the movie, in my opinion, yeah. you know, having him anchor essentially every single scene that he's all he had to do is put him casually sitting on the hood of a car, snacking away, which was his own choice as an actor to create some behavior, you know, and that's something I don't as a director, I'd want out of my actors to take, 
you know, if you come to me on set and be like, hey, like I have this little bag of like Ritz crackers or whatever. And if I was just like kind of, you know, um, popping, you know, just uh, snacking as the scene's going on. Do you mind that? No, not at all. Let's see what it looks like. And what you get is this characteristic that is like iconic mm-hmm. now and um, synonymous with Han on screen, but also kind of grounds him. And it like, and that's what they needed because everybody else was just trying to like be part of this like movie franchise and be like kind of, you know, over the top, like, yeah, this is crazy. We're going to drift. We're going to, you right. know, be dramatic and stuff like that. But he didn't do anything. And I think that's why it, he didn't do anything, meaning he, his is more subtle and simpler mm-hmm. work. Yeah. You know, that that's that's what it what draws your focus. That's what yeah. we mean. Well, when it's we very like, easy you know, to appear natural when you're eating. Yeah. Like because you're not thinking that's like Brad Pitt's trick, like in Ocean's Eleven and other movies, you'll yeah. always be munching on stuff. It's a very easy way to appear very natural. Yeah. Um, people do it all the time. Um, fucking Robert Downey Jr. eats all the time. Yeah, like Avengers and shit. One like that. of the best clips <laughs> ever is him just in the scene where he and like very famously now they they came out being like, yeah, he keeps hiding snacks all over the place on set in the <laughs> scenes. So like, there's one scene where they're all talking in the room and he just pulls out a thing of blueberries and like offers them to people in the middle of the scene. You see like Chris Evans being like, no, like as <laughs> Captain America in the middle of the conversation. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. There's yeah, there's definitely room in these kind of seemingly just entertainment type movies to have those those grounded kind of you know more nuanced performances right. you know definitely definitely you know and i totally i see what you mean marlon like whenever i go to these movies i think i missed the the middle couple like in the theater i didn't see this in the theater at all um but when i went went back to them like five and six i was like this makes me want to like i miss my manual shift yeah you know <laughs> and i, I want to like drive down the highway really fast like it's just kind of fun to turn your brain off. And that was before, obviously, before I really start, you know, got my undergraduate degree in, act, in acting and directing and went to grad school, whatever, before I really started pursuing it. But yeah, turning your mind off and knowing that there is a vast majority of the population who just go to these movies to escape and to right. not think about work and the shit in their life and just to have fun, you know. So there's there is merit to that. The other, but I think the, it can be both. No, it, it can't. No, we're it not saying it can't but be both. Like last, year, last year, the fucking biggest movie in the world was Parasite. Everybody fucking connected with it. It's a great fucking story, and it's like shot incredibly well. All the acting is great. It's interesting. It's shot well. It took over the fucking planet. Wait, and your question yeah. is, why you know didn't I mean? that happen with Tokyo Drift? <laughs> <laughs> I, what we're saying, Caleb, is that we're not saying that it that it, it has to be one or the other. We're, we're agreeing with you. It can be both. We're just saying there also is you have to allow room for, you know, as much as you scoff at these just entertainment blockbuster movies that there is that's a valid area of um, movie who you're targeting, who's your audience and stuff. We know that Fast and Furious is literally for like just people who just love entertainment. They're blockbuster movies, right? They don't people don't want to just think or anything like Parasite. When it first came out, it was like an indie film. It was like in the IFC theater. It wasn't really out out yet. When I saw it, I saw it at AMC for free because they were giving out tickets. I was like, yeah, and I wanted to see it. But a lot of people didn't know about it until it started blowing up. And like with these movies, you already know who they are targeted for. And you already know that it's Fast and Furious. Everyone's going to see it. No one wants to like, no one really cares about what the message is in the movie or like what these certain characters are. They just want to see cars explode, cars race, you know, action and things like that. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great way to make money if you're yeah. in, like, a studio. But wait, Caleb, here's <laughs> the other thing. like, I don't know. But as an actor, like, forget about the critic and you mm-hmm. and all that. As an actor, you're telling me you wouldn't want to be in a Fast Furious movie? I'm talking about, like, it'll be mad fun. Think about how much fun these people are having on so set. Fun. Like, so fun. So fun. I feel like as an actor. I mean, actor, as, somebody, as somebody who's poor, I would take the money <laughs> because it's like. What if. Of course, you would fucking do that. Who? No, but I'm not gonna say like I'm above taking a paycheck from fucking. No, Universal. but I'm saying like. But I'm saying like, with, as somebody who like really, really cares about art and who like really, really wants to be an artist, like the stuff that I'm gonna do is different than this. And I feel like, you know, it's like a chef. Yeah. Like if all you eat is junk food, you're not gonna know how to cook a steak. <laughs> like you gotta be able to like take in like. That's fair. You got to be able to take in okay. stuff that wins the palm door. You got to be able to take in like the shit that like, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's how I, I just feel like um, people just people settle, I think is what it is. I think people are told like, this is what is on the fucking big Cinemaplex screens. Right. This is what, you know, it costs 18 fucking dollars. So you better pick your fucking movie wisely. Right. This is fun. There's flashing lights, it's eye candy and people fucking settle. Yeah. Because they're like, okay, this is what every and all the fucking rotten tomatoes. Everybody loves it. I guess this is good. It'll be good for my fucking kids. Yeah. It's like when you watch a shitty fucking Disney movie, and it's like, or you could have them watch Miyazaki. It's like the same thing, but better. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Well, that's like, the other or, thing. Yeah, you can go. I think people have to do their. Yeah. You know. No, you're right. I mean, people do have to do their research when it comes to it. I mean, you know, you can't. I think you're right about that. People do settle, and they also settle for like what other people think and say, like rotten tomatoes. You know, a lot of people do go off about that. Like, you know, they base their decisions yeah, for movies. Tomatoes fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like any. Every time Ron Tomato says some something is terrible, I'm like, this movie is fucking amazing. Or when they say something is amazing, I'm like, nah, this is terrible. But yeah. I mean, to each their own. I, I think you just have to do your own research, like you're saying. You can't settle for it. But I will say this about settling. I don't think I've settled into this franchise at all, bro. Like. I saw the first one and I thought, like, if I rewatch the first one, I'd be like, okay, it's a classic because it's the first one, but it's not the best one. I wish they could have done a little more. It was, it was only one race and then the rest was like just drama and just like, you know, dialogue. It wasn't that much action. The second one was okay. It was a little more, but it wasn't as, it like, it didn't really improve. The third one, different story completely. You know, they changed it. But then once the fourth one came out, the fifth one topped it. The sixth one came out, it topped the fifth one. The seventh one came out, it like it just keeps getting better for me. So I mean Yeah. I feel like as an audience person, like we ask for more in these movies and we keep getting it, and that's like, you know, I don't know. Well no, if you know if you know how to cater to your fucking audience and give them what they want, then like that's also great. Well and then and I'm not saying the best example of that too is like Hobbs and Shaw, right? Oh my that's god. My, like, yeah, that's, that's my that's my movie. You know? That's my movie. Where it's like where it's just billed as like, hey, the, you know, from the producers of Fast and Furious. Like exactly. this is like a standalone. Yeah, it's said taking these characters that people love and putting them together. If which you liked it these was a great, scenes from Fast and the Furious. You're gonna, you're gonna love, love this movie. This movie. <laughs> but isn't that also isn't that also just because like Vin Diesel and The Rock don't get along? Yeah. So yeah. The Rock was like, I want to do my own thing, yeah. and yeah. Jason Statham is like, I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the reason is because they people like he, the, he was just making the Meg. People, yeah, <laughs> oh like, my god, no, people like the relationship which is, which they had great. in the Fast and Furious Eight movie. So they got their own sure. screws. I mean, look, <laughs> yeah, the beat. All I'm saying is that, like, I love the Hobbs and Shaw thing. I think they're going to definitely keep going because it's making money. But yeah. if I don't see The Rock in Fast and Furious 10, I'm going to be disappointed in the whole franchise. Like, that's it. I won't watch it How, ever again. Do you think they're going to do you think they're going to call it FX? Dude, Dude 
There's no not way they can call it FX. You can't. Yeah, there's no <laughs> why not? Way. I mean, copyright. why not? Uh, you can't. Co- you can't copyright a title. FX is a network. Yeah, it's a network. Yeah, but it's not the name of a movie title. I know, but do you really want to piss oh, okay. off a whole network just to name your movie? Then <laughs> yeah. they make more money than God every year. They can do whatever they want. Wait, how much does God make? Not that much. <laughs> I don't know, man. The Vatican. I mean, Vatican's dude, making money, bro. He was he was executive he producer. Credit. He didn't get credit from uh, I I married a church girl. That's gonna say uh, <laughs> no back end on that. <laughs> no back end, dude. He took it. He took a he took a net. He took net profit, which like studios write off. You always go for gross, not net. That's true. That's real. Is that real? Yeah, because of studio fuckery. Um, Marlon, I uh, I'm not trying to like shit on anybody, and I'm not trying to say people like anything other than like, you know, I think it's great that you love this shit and that you find something to like love about it, and like every time it like gives you exactly what you want. It's not for me, right. and I feel like what I get frustrated with is like, I'm like, well, like all of these things. And then I'm not saying people can't enjoy those things, right. but what I feel like is like people turn around and be like, it's just dumb. Like, why can't you just have fun? Like, it's like, I'm an asshole for having a different right. No, no, no. And I, and that's, and I'm not saying I got that from you or anybody no, on this call at all. I'm not saying I, that, I, I just, but it's like, there's this discrepancy where it's like, you're allowed to like, quote unquote, like just turn your brain off. Right. But if I'm like, but look at this fucking like four hour like, art house yeah. thing. And it's like, that's fucking boring and stupid. No, it's like, what? I, I get what you're saying <laughs> with that because it does make sense. If it was the other way around, like, let's say we were, what's a good movie I just saw? Oh, like, uh, uh, Birds of Passage, I think. Is it? That's the Colombian movie. Yeah, yeah, you're but, telling me. Yeah, Birds of Passage. Like, if I were to watch that with like people who just watch like Fast and Furious movie, they'd be like, dude, turn this shit off. It's so boring. It's like, wait. So, like, I agree with what you're saying. You could be like, oh, Fast and Furious is dumb. And people would be like, why is it dumb? Like, it's just a blockbuster movie. But then if someone says, you know, this movie is dumb. How is this dumb? Like, why can't you respect it the same way? No, I get what you're saying, Caleb. I do. Yeah, and I don't like that. And the thing is, but though, you didn't know you're not doing. No, that. no, no. I absolutely. No, of course not. But um, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think and that's that's the unfortunate part about being an artist and an actor is that, you know, we get to see the beautiful things that people really don't and people don't want to see. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people just want to see entertainment. Mm. You know, it's only really the artists mm. and the creators and like that creative process where you want to see, you know, certain colors and certain images in a movie shot like this because we understand what the process is. We understand what goes behind it. You know, we understand the story and like what it actually means to get there or to do that. And unfortunately, not a lot of people have that insight and they just, I guess, don't want to open their mind to it. Um, but no, I, I totally yeah. agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's like a, and kind of what you were saying, Caleb, there's a, an innate, amount of of effort you know that needs to go into something like that you know as opposed to like like waking up this morning to watch tokyo drift before the podcast i was like all right tokyo (laughs) drift let's go but like when we were watching whatever white materials or or something like that it's a very different experience like i i'm watching that with headphones on i'm engaged i'm taking notes i'm watching tokyo drift chilling out with coffee being like yeah tokyo drift that's exactly it's a different that's such a good point you know no, but yeah, no, that I just. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry, Josh. Go ahead. No, I'm just. Gonna, I just wanted to comment you, and that was beautifully said. So thank you. Yeah, you know, we need a lot more of that of like just people opening their minds to different mm-hmm. points of view and For different sure. things. Well, that's you that's know? the other thing that like Brandon just said that that that's actually he said it well is that the experience and like feeling right when we see movies like Tokyo Drift and like Fast and Furious. You know, you're not going in there for feeling anything or the experience. You're just going in there to have fun. But like when you watch real 
movies, like A24 movies and independent films and stuff. Hey. Like, you really... You, you feel for the characters, you understand them, you know, you're, you're in there for an experience. Like, it's like, it's not like watching theater live because it's, that's a whole different experience, but it's like you're mm-hmm. actually, it's similar to it in the sense that you're actually feeling for these people and like it's actually a journey that you're going through as, as a person, you know? Yeah, empathy. Yeah, and, for sure. And, 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 <laughs> I can't remember that. It, uh, a good movie, generally, like, you know, the things that Caleb's talking about, it leaves you with something to ponder or think about right. or, or with a feeling at the very least. Like, after white materials, I mean, fortunately, we have we do a podcast, so I got to talk about it all I want, you know, I wanted, but I had, I had tons of thoughts, and especially with, you know, everything going on in the world at the time, but, it, right. you know, I, I didn't leave Tokyo Drift being like, whew, it's going to take me a day to figure out this one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but There's so much to unpack. I, I also want to ask you a question. I want to ask, Caleb, this is for you, but like, because we've been oh talking about good material and things like that. What is good material? Because I feel like that's kind of an open-ended question for people and like you know what what's good material to you it could be not good material to someone else and I, we've been talking mm-hmm. about this but i just want to know what is good material to you like what do you find as good material i think like i appreciate anytime there's like you can watch something and it's like this person had something to say like this was uh, came from a place of like passion they they wanted to tell the story and they thought about really interesting ways to tell it these characters feel real there's like something that I can, you know, obviously like technical stuff aside, like that stuff, obviously I love, I love a good shot. I love interesting camera work. Like I love a good score, like, you know, all of that stuff, but like I need a story and I need that story to be ideally. I I don't even, I don't even want to go so far as to say it needs to like be saying something profound, but like, so again, just to, because we were just talking about it. So parasite that's like about inequality Mm -hmm. and about classism. And that's a very real fucking problem. Mm -hmm. That's devastating the planet and cultures everywhere universally. It's also really fucking fun because all of those characters are really well-defined and there's like a fun, like heist. And there's, so there's like, you know, there's like, Oh, like you're like, the audience is in on the game. It's like, look at like what's going to happen with these people trying to like do this. And like, it's entertaining, but it's also saying something. Mm. And then, you know, halfway through that movie, it becomes a completely different movie, which is like fucking brilliant. Um, Like, what is this movie saying? Uh Tokyo drift. It's not saying anything. It's just existing to exist, to make money. It's saying, and that's fine because if you're, if you're along for the ride, all right. <laughs> and if you can, and if that's, if you get out of if that's, if you get stuff out of that, if you're along for the ride and it entertains you and it lets you forget about the fucking shitty world we live in for two hours, then great. Like, I'm not trying to take that away from anybody, but I'm saying you can have that experience and also, you know, be left with a little more like, oh, maybe like I'll leave this movie and I'll think a little more about someone else's circumstances that maybe I wouldn't have thought right. of before. I'll be introduced to a new point of view that'll make my life better. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if more people, I think the reason that like acting training is so important is because we're taught empathy. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's like the Mm -hmm. single greatest tool we have to actually change things Mm -hmm. and affect things in the world. And so like, that's why art matters and that's why art is powerful. Dude, absolutely. I mean, and so it's, it's not even just empathy. It's just having just a, like an open mind about things. Like I said, like before I was in the acting mm-hmm. program or like in school with you guys, honestly, looking back, I was just closed minded. I didn't really have an open mind for anything. You know, it wasn't until being an actor and really having that training and like 
the discussions with Coco and everything where it's like you start to really view the world differently, you know? You start to have a point of view. Exactly. You start to be open and like conscious about things. You have empathy for everyone. You know, you feel everyone and there's just an understanding for it. Uh, and you start to do your own research too, you know, because you're starting to think for yourself and have this point of view. So like, you know, I do think we can have both. I do think people do need to do research, you know, and not just judge um, certain criteria in certain movies because at the end of the day, it's art and, you know, Art is subjective, right? Subjective or objective? Yeah. We're going to have to cut that part out. <laughs> but, uh, Dude, I, do it, I do that all the time. I do it all the time. I, but, but I mean, that that's why we do it as artists and actors. We do it because, you know, we have this this thing in our head that we just want to, like, keep exploring and keep throwing it out there for people to see and people to understand and just understand us a little bit. And, you know, the, the more we have movies like that, like you were saying, Caleb, where they have a message, you know, it gets people start to understand just a little tiny more about someone else's situation. And that's great because a lot of people mm-hmm. don't really see the world for how it is. They just see it in their own point of view. And that's something that needs to change. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we could also have these fun movies where everyone can just come in a room and just laugh together and just, you know, think it's ridiculous and still have a good time as well. Yeah, definitely. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Um, on that note, because I don't think we're going to get any more thing more eloquent out of the rest of us than that. Yeah, uh, that totally. was awesome. Do you guys want to rate Tokyo Drift? I think so. I totally. So, so Marlon, we, we rate things out of five. You don't have to if that's not something you're interested in doing. Although I have a feeling I know <laughs> what you're going to say. Well, look. So why don't we let our guests go first if you would like to? I'm going to say I'm going to give it an eight just to get Caleb mad. Like eight out of five. Hey, eight out of five. But, oh, I but love realistically, good, <laughs> but realistically, like out of all of them, if I'm talking about one through uh, eight that came out, no, I'm going to rate This movie it. objectively. This movie. Ah. Ob- <sighs> Like a standalone, you just watch this movie. Okay. What would you rate yeah, it? Yeah, what do you think? On record, I'm going to go eight out of five to get Caleb mad, but then <laughs> off record, I'm going to go with like a 3.5. Not even. Yeah, three. I'll give it a three. Three. Out, okay, but that's off record, so we won't share that. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so eight out of five for Marlon. <laughs> um, Brandon. Oh, it's tough, man. It's tough because I do, I, I enjoy it. Um, Definitely has yeah. a, 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 a soft spot spot in my heart when i saw it when i was younger mm-hmm. but based mm-hmm. on the other rankings and what i've been how i've been ranking stuff right is how i gotta start thinking about it right? i gotta be consistent here so i'm gonna give i'm mm-hmm. gonna give it a a 2.5 and i'm gonna feel sad about it but i want to know i'm gonna put 2.5 frowny but, face. yes thank you asterisk frowny face feeling sad about giving it a 2.5 yeah, yeah, yeah all right don't worry that i'll make sure that that gets on the uh on the wikipedia <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <laughs> just on the official record <laughs> yeah i'm gonna give it a two okay and caleb right, i have to like write this shit down caleb is gonna give it a point um, one. <laughs> no i'll probably i'll probably give it a two all right because as bad as this movie is you were having a good time as you were... bad as the dark tower <laughs> <laughs> yo I, have, I still haven't seen it i gotta watch it is there Really that bad? No, you don't, dude. It just uh, yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Come it. on, it's my guys. You can you can either watch it or you can listen to us argue about it. I'm gonna watch <laughs> yeah, it and Marlon, then so watch it and then listen to the podcast. Marlon, for context, <clears throat> I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie with Brandon that he said that, that was bad. He loves everything, <laughs> and he gave it a one point five. Yeah, really? I was pissed. Oh, man. So <laughs> I, was pissed. I guarantee you, I, I gave it a plug. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, I don't okay. know, man. I don't know, man. I don't. It's very well. If you read the book, just, then yeah, for sure. I feel like I don't know. It's Marlon. 
thank you so much for coming yeah, on. It was a really guys. fucking awesome nah, conversation. Dude, it was fun. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Absolutely. Keep doing your thing, guys. This is so great. we'll we'll negotiate your like guest contract. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need about uh, that five hundred thousand per minute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Per minute. <laughs> per oh. Wow, big bucks. You per got that minute. Jeff Bezos money, right? Yeah. What do you think we are? We're on Apple, not Amazon. <laughs> Steve Jobs yeah, is dead. You guys are gonna blow up. This shit. This is cool, man. You got like keep it up. This is great. I love this. Marlon, where can Thanks, uh, where can people find you if yeah. they want to follow you and see what's up? People can follow me uh, on Instagram at Caleb John Cushion. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, That's true. Nah. People can find I me. I was pissed because he took it. I was like, what the fuck, Marlon? This is my name. Yeah. Like, nah, or, or my website, www.calebjohncushion.com. No. Um, people oh, can follow yeah. me. He took the website too. He took the URL. <laughs> uh, on Instagram at Marlon X Kihihe. That's M A R L O N X and then Q U I J I J E. And then I'm on Facebook as well, Marlon Kihihe. So, uh, yeah. Follow me and I'll follow you. And back. we'll link all your stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure to link it on the on the uh, our MFA's Instagram and the YouTube. Awesome. Throw it out there. Sounds great. Yo, you guys are amazing, man. Keep this up. This is great. I hope uh, Thanks, I hope to be invited again for other movies and discussions. I've been told that I don't have a choice and we'll be doing Justice League when it comes out. Zack Snyder so, Cut or yeah. are we doing both? Are we doing Whedon and Snyder Seven, Cut? Seven, eight months. No, yeah. no, we're going to definitely yeah. have to do Snyder Cut, 100%. Dude, six-hour no, yeah, movie? That's the only reason we would do Caleb it. Caleb is yeah. going to be so mad watching a six-hour movie. He's going to be like, no. Nah. Totally true. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Caleb, what are we what are we doing next week? Right. Um, I guess we we decided in, we're doing like the impromptu Tokyo movies. Yeah, Tokyo-themed. The Tokyo-themed movies all of a sudden. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, Josh, your instincts were right. I think like it's a perfect opportunity to do a Tokyo story from 1953. Yasujiro Ozu, one of the fucking gods of cinema. Um, it's on the Criterion channel, so we awesome. can all watch it. And uh, it'll, I think, be-, be a complete fucking 180 from what we just did <laughs> and, uh, and i'm here for you it know what? on that note uh criterion channel you know whatever uh, send us an email you know we talk about you guys a lot uh you know maybe some free subscriptions <laughs> or whatever really no big deal you know shout us Yo, out whatever. tune in criteria channel tune in <laughs> um that's actually that'd be really interesting because then we can also with tokyo drifter you know kind of that the, the entertainment a shit sandwich it's it, everything that <laughs> no, I'm, I'm awesome very stoked that we're going back to you know all japanese stuff uh yeah i'm, I'm very happy to be exploring that cool so brandon take it away all right thank you guys so much to listening uh <laughs> we're gonna do redo it josh <laughs> all right all right guys thank you guys so much for listening to three m affairs podcast talking about tokyo drift with our special guest marlin kahihei find him on instagram it'll be linked on our three mfairs podcast insta and find josh at stir underscore joshua and caleb at uh i'm on letterboxd uh cjcisds and you can find me at brandon kyle mcpherson all right guys thank you so much for listening and tune in next week for tokyo story bye bye peace